apologize. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is paying 101. The instructor's Casey Jones. Movies, comic books, movies based on comic books. Excelsior! Video games, toys, TV shows. Professional wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> All the things you got made fun of for in high school. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? So grab your action figures, bag and board your comics, and roll for initiative. It's time to talk nerdy to me. Internet's Obi-John Kenobi uh, joining... Sorry, hit my mic stand. Joining me this week for an all-news episode of Tottenham 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, we are running a weird ship this week. Uh, we've cut some dead weight, um, but we've uh, we've added in uh, a fan favorite making a long overdue return. We'll get to that in just a moment. So first, on my right, the man who keeps the nerd and taught nerdy to me, Commander Scott. Hello. And did you know that a teaspoon of stellar matter from a neutron star in Earth gravity would weigh about 10 million tons? It is that dense. Did you know that a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down? I've heard that. I have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Scott. Uh, and then, um, so... Julian, as you know, is missing. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Koran couldn't make it this week, or we kicked him off. Your choice. Uh, you know, Mr. I can be on whatever show I want to, whenever I want to. Look at me, I'm Koran. Um, yeah, Mr. Koran is not here this week. So to keep it from being just me and Scott and keeping this from getting super fucking nerdy, uh, we brought called in some big guns. Cruising in in his decked-out DeLorean making his long overdue return, uh, unless you're also a time travel and then things are just wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming back the Doc. Hey, yo. You you know what else is super dense? What's that? High school teenagers in math class. High school math class students, yes. Wow, we are we are appealing to a very new, very specific demographic now. <laughs> incredibly dense i mean very very dense i feel like you're setting up a joke how dense are they doc <laughs> uh they're like fruitcake on the kroger shelf in march dense i resemble to, that remark somebody needs to talk to their reset team <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for jumping in on short notice and helping out this week, Doc. It's good to have you back. Hey, no problem. Good to be back. Hey, what's your dog doing right now? Sleeping. I haven't gotten a snap from you in 30 seconds to show me what your dog is up to. I was concerned. You know, she's the most <laughs> interesting thing I have to do right now with schools being closed in Iowa. So We've, we've got to get you a PlayStation 4. There's got to be a way. We'll figure it out. That's another topic. But uh so the doc is here uh and like i said earlier julian is not here which of course means we get to play this uh it's my favorite song ever does anyone want to cue it up anyone know the magical words 
Okay, I'll do it. Ready? <clears throat> Hit it, Rockapella. Well, she sneaks around the world from Vienna to Carolina. She's a sticky finger filter from Berlin down to Belize. Take you for a ride on a snowboat to China. Tell me in the world is you in san diego have we ever figured out where the fuck this place is at still have no, no fucking clue no idea julian uh julian's missing again this week so we get to play that song uh every time i go to re-edit that and make a different version i just i, just, I can't help myself i just love it so much because there is a cover uh that is where in the fuck is carmen san diego and i keep wanting to, to cut that in but i can't that version's too much fun uh so julian's not here but don't despair. If you are at home desperately trying to win Julian's contest, which he laid down, what are we on? Three, four weeks now? Um, four, Julian's not here. Four, yeah. yeah, Julian's not here, but Commander Scott's got you covered. Commander Scott, take it away. Well, so as everybody who is a fan of this show knows, Julian is our uh, resident expert on all things guns, titties, and beer. And he likes to play with things in the background. Well, okay, other than other things than, you know, his own penis. <laughs> um, and uh, so he always is usually playing with a weapon in the background. And to continue that tradition in his absence, uh, we we are uh, playing with weapons in the background. And uh, if you can guess which weapon we are playing with in the background on this show, then uh, uh, Obi-John has a wonderful, wonderful prize for you. And to give you your your hint this week is my lovely wife. Take it away. Did we get that? Did that come through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did, but I want to hear it one more time. Okay, he wants to hear it one more time. Uh, okay, there's another one. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, there it goes. Say hi, Nicole. Say, say hello. Hello, everyone. Mm, how you doing? You do it. How you doing? <laughs> uh, she'll call you later. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I got this right. Uh, thank you, you She Hulk. Text first, make sure the other half is. <laughs> <laughs> she won't. Hashtag don't tell Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> really doesn't care. Okay. Uh, thank you, Scott, for keeping that going. Thank you, She Hulk, for the assist. Uh, so, once again, if you can guess with any kind of reasonable accuracy what other than Julian's penis, is being played with on air. Uh, it is some kind of firearm. We'll give you that hint. We will send you a code to get a free 30-day subscription to Shudder. Uh, again, they don't sponsor us, uh, but only because they haven't offered to yet. As soon as they do, we will sell out for Shudder. Hashtag sell out for Shudder. Uh, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R, the coolest thing in all of streaming right now. It is an all-horror subscription service. The new home of our beloved Uncle Joe Bob, who just started back up with season two of The Last Drive-In. See, the episode two will be on this coming Friday. So get those guesses in now. We can get you a free 30-day subscription. And it's not just the same code that's all over the internet right now. Really, it's not. Totally different. (laughs) With that out of the way, uh, we're going to get to our first topic today. This is one that Commander Scott brought up, uh, but it is timely as all get out. Um, we live in a weird world now where, uh, there's a new fashion trend sweeping the nation and we are nothing if not trendy and fashionable. 
pause for cricket noises. Uh, Commander Scott, tell us what the new fashion craze is sweeping the nation. Well, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to the news lately, um, but uh, there's a, there's this little thing going around. It's it's uh, kind of like a 24 hour bug, but you know it lasts uh, much much longer and uh, has had much more uh, widespread ramifications. Uh, it, it's called COVID nineteen. And hang on, I'm being distracted. Um, I must have missed the first 18. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're not doing that joke. No, 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 no. People do know where COVID-19 comes from as far as the name COVID-19. Why it's called COVID-19, right? We know this, right? No, they don't. So please explain it, Scott. So COVID-19 actually means uh, coronavirus ID'd 2019. Okay. And I heard it's the 19th strain of a super virus created in a lab in China. No, no, it's Corona. <laughs> well, it, but it, that it, was on the yeah. internet, Scott. So it has to be true. No. And and COVID-19 is actually not even the, 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 it's not the virus. It's the disease. The virus is like SARS, uh, SARS, Corona, something or other. I forget what the, the actual uh, virus name is right now, but anyway, so with with the the world economy um, on the, uh, the the brink of, of reopening in a lot of places, uh, many many areas are mandating now that when you are out in public, uh, that you have to wear masks. You have to wear some sort of cloth mask, surgical mask, whatever you want to call it. Not not to be confused with like. Uh, 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 What's his name? Scareface, Scarecrow face, the 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 the, the scream mask dude. Ghostface. There ghost you go, Ghostface. Thank you. Yeah. Deep pants grit, grit would be ashamed of you. <laughs> Not to be confused with those types of masks. Um, and uh, so uh, I, I've seen several types of. Uh, um, custom masks and themed masks being offered on the internet. And I know at least one of the t-shirt printing places is about to start offering uh, custom printed masks with artwork and stuff. So I think this is going to be a new fashion trend going around is your own personal artwork mask. Um, haven't quite started seeing them yet, but uh, I guarantee you in the next six months, we will start seeing this a lot more. And it's going to I be think prevalent. I think six months is, is way too far out. It's, it's starting right now. Um, so at, at, at where I work, uh, starting last weekend, all employees are required to wear masks. So we're already starting to see the subtle one-upsmanship of who has the cooler design on their mask. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's happening. It's happening right freaking now. Um, so I, yeah, this was a fun topic. And we're just going to go around the horn and shoot out ideas for cool nerdy custom masks because that's the world we live in now it is it is so uh, get the you had one that is like the obvious no-brainer uh choice i think when you first told me that i said yeah i'll take two uh remember was, that one was, was this the face hugger mask yes yes so this one i can't actually take credit for um i have a i have a good friend who is an artist who does a lot of t-shirt designs for t public uh, and he's the one, one of the ones that brought this up to me because he was asking me for ideas uh, on, you know, things he could submit when T Public mm-hmm. you know, put up their format 
for for how to submit art for the masks. Uh, and he had brought up when he when he said it to me was was he wanted to do a face hugger mask and I'm like oh yeah that would just be awesome as shit I said like, go ahead when when can I buy that I want that now uh, so that one was his I can't actually take credit for that one but it was crazy because I actually have that on my list oh nice good <laughs> it should was... be on everyone's list because again yeah. that's one of those as soon as it's available I'm buying one uh, whether I ever wear it to work or not. Uh, it'll go great with my cosplay. Nice. Uh, so let your friend know uh, every single thing we're going to mention today is his to use. Sweet. I will let him know. Uh, so, face like you're out of the way. Uh, um, I think there's a few other sort of obvious ones that I've kind of seen making the rounds a little bit. Um, one I've seen mentioned that I, I wouldn't buy, but I can definitely see it being popular, is the Joker Smile. The big toothy grin. You know, I was I was thinking about Joker as well, and you could do multiple Jokers. I mean, you could do different comic book Jokers. You could do all the actor Jokers, obviously. Yep. You know, yep. um, animated I series also, Jokers. I also had that on my list. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I said, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of common ones in here. Uh, yeah. So don't don't worry about that. But uh, yeah. So what uh, what else you got, Jason? Uh, well, I just got one question for you guys. What you gonna do when Corona Mania run wild on you, brother? The Hulk Hogan stash. See, uh, no, I had uh, a whole facial hair uh, line where you could just get like old timey handlebar mustache, uh, go full on Arrow Flynn Van Dyke. But yeah, Hulk Hogan mustache. Definitely, Hulk yeah, Hogan Hogan mustache w- would be good. The WWE store, uh, I'd be surprised they don't already have that. <laughs> That's what I. It just popped into my head, and I thought it would actually be, be a good combination mask. Wear the bandana on your head. There you go. Double whammy. Bam. You can have that one for free. WWE. That would be a good one. <laughs> um, I like that one, Scott. What else you got? Uh, one of the other ones that I pitched to pitched to my buddy was um, uh. The uh, the 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 predator open mouth you know snarl with the mm-hmm. mask off you know where you get the the four I don't, I don't know what the bicuspid talon things that he has I don't know mandibles mandibles I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not a a, a predator uh, dentist so I, I don't know exactly what kind of teeth they're called wow like Zeno Zeno dentistry is a whole new field Scott <laughs> got to get you, in while the market's hot. You gotta stop stealing my ideas. <laughs> That's gonna but, happen a lot, Jason. Yeah. I'm so, well, just go I'm with so it. sorry. I will. I will stem off of that and say the um, xenomorph open mouth with the inner mouth in it would be good too. Absolutely. Oh, with, with the with the little the with the the, the tongue with an attitude, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. You you <laughs> could even drop. make it. You could make it three dimensional and put like a little pocket in the mouth of the mouth, so you could stick your, For your filter. <laughs> so you so so you push it you push it out with your tongue. Yeah, just stick saying. your tongue out, and then it's got the second mandible there. Now you're just getting kinky. I think you crossed from masks into sex toy area. Ooh, actually, minutes, actually, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually we're going to improve on this idea because I like this idea. Uh-oh. But but with the we're, take away the tongue aspect of it, 
but make it with enough, you know, enough extra stuff and a little thinner material so that when you cough, it pops out. <laughs> even, even better. The little, what are the little rolly thing for your, for like your birthday? God, the blow toy thing. Oh yes. The little, the little blow thing. Yeah, you could actually have it in there. You could just blow it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The, the, the party favor. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah there you go. I like that. You could do. I have uh, on my list monster series, so I was thinking vampire fangs with like blood dripping. Uh, of course, because I'm me, uh, creature from the black lagoon, mouth with the gills. Uh, yeah, you could do a whole line of those. That'd be cool. Uh, I have a, I have one that's. A, I don't know if anybody else has thought. Well, hold of. on, now you just went, oh. Jake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> your turn. Sorry. Well, in, in his Five defense, he's trying going to, out of turn. In his defense, <laughs> he's trying to get them out before we steal them. I know. I'm trying to steal them for you. That's the point. Uh, okay, I, I can wait. No, uh, there's, there's, there's one I think both of you will appreciate because uh, I wrote down my obvious one because on me is Shark Mouth. Uh, but then I was thinking about that. I was like, you know what would be really cool? Uh, you know, back in WW2, all the uh, the fighter planes where they had that like uh, uh, like open mouth uh, nose art? Yep. That as a mask would be badass. That would be. Like like just the just the 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 shark mouth yeah. nose art or like a whole nose art series you know yes <laughs> to both nose art series with like you know female names like Patty or Linda yeah I would buy it I dig it sorry so rivet designs on them and stuff. Somebody sounded upset. Did, did we lose you, Scott? No, 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 I'm here. I survived the wild cougar attack that just happened in my living room. That's it. Sounded intense. It, it, it was. It was. It was two mountain lions, uh, viciously fighting over which one was going to get to eat me first. Uh, luckily, though, the tiger king jumped in and saved me. Queen. Sorry, the tiger queen. My bad. I was. Uh, I was corrected on that one. Like oh. jump in as long as it me. wasn't a sniper kitty it was not a sniper kitty sniper kitty encounter time but that's okay if we have sniper kitties see then i've just got that going on there, there you go look at that so there was your third second clue of the night <clears throat> all right jay what else you got before we start? oh um so i thought of this because i was like thinking who are some popular characters that wear masks because the nerdy side of me came out Mm-hmm. And then the first one that wears a mask that popped into my head was Shredder. No, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then that also stemmed a, an idea of like a Mortal Kombat series of mm-hmm. like Sub Zero, Scorpion, Reptile. Yeah, yeah. But see, then you'd have to go around all the time yelling "Get over here!" and that's going to violate social only only rules. if you're Scorpion. So, right. Uh, no, that's uh, I'm gonna piggyback right off that then. Uh, the one that jumped to mind for me, um, because I think it's it, if you're only going with the bottom half of the helmet, it's it's generic enough you wouldn't run into copyright uh stuff. Power Rangers, it's the Ooh, whole yeah, bottom yeah. section of the helmet, and you could do different colors. Yeah, uh, just have yeah. a little bit of color around the edge, you know, mm-hmm. just enough to identify. Yeah. Ooh. The question is, are you going to have like the gray fake mouth? But, yeah. yeah. 
So nice. you know, you, you got to you change it up for every different Power Ranger team. So you start with Mighty Morphin, and then you go on from there because they change up the helmets all every season. So uh, and the yeah, Zords and the weapons. Yeah, and yeah, the... yeah. Megazord would be cool. Yeah, I think there's there's like how many Zords are there hidden around the planet? Forty seven or some shit. Fifteen gajillion. <laughs> uh, and then the other um, one that's it's a little. Uh, more uh, uh, nerdy than geeky. Uh, I was trying to think of, okay, well, who else wears like lower half face masks? That would be cool uh, to see done in this style. And what I came up with was Samurai. Because mm-hmm. you know, they got the big helmet, but then like when they go off into war, they have like the lower jaw piece that covers like their mouth and jaw. Yeah. You could do just a whole series of those, just make, you know, Different, uh, very oriental looking, yeah. you know, with the yeah. Um, well, one of the ones that, that that I liked as far as ideas, uh, that I initially thought of was, um, uh, Optimus Prime, uh, you know, with that, 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 I don't know, rocking back and forth, the old G1 mouth plate that he had, yeah. you know. Please don't uh, do the movie one where he has lips. Just, just stick it. <laughs> well, but that did lead me to, uh, you know, you could do a whole Transformers line of those because a lot of them did have very distinct facial expressions uh, in the in the cartoon, even the ones mm-hmm. that had mouths. Like, uh, you know, Starscream has the the snarl, you know, what are the sneer that he always had. You know, Megatron would, uh, even though you don't have the eyes, the the, the mouth and stuff would would be very recognizable. And stuff. You could do a whole G1 Transformers line easy. And they'd sell like hotcakes. They would. It's true. They would sell fast. Very, very. Uh, the last one I got is kind of a twofer because um, you could basically use the same design, kind of. Uh, obviously, hockey masks. So you got your Jason Voorhees crowd right there. You, know, you put a little blood splatter on it. And then. Uh, for your nerdier nerds, you go with the Casey Jones. Maybe take the blood splatter off a little bit and change it up. You got those uh, stylized hockey masks that he wears. Um, so, yeah, you can knock two birds out with one stone right there. Yeah. I like it. And that's all I had. Well, I just had one that I, I was thinking of, like, some of my favorite Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. And... The one that I came up with is just a wide open, like screaming mouth of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that old uh uh nineteen uh sixties, seventies era uh drawn Hulk. The uh uh shit, who is the artist for that? Fuck, I'm blanking on his name right now. I can't remember. I'm bad with names. Somebody help me out. Let me do your research for you. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. You know his name. An artist? Name. John Romita? Yeah. Yeah, Dirk Diggler. Yeah. No. no, Dirk Diggler is a whole different artist. <laughs> oh, right. That's is the it... not safe for work line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to your alien idea. <laughs> <laughs> is that, yeah, John Romita, is that who you're thinking of? Hang on, Kurt Kirby, Steve Ditko. Okay, Jack Kirby. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, yeah. Stanley's right hand man back in the day. Yeah, 
him and Kirby. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you could also do Silver Surfer. I mean, he would make a good one. That's what okay. that that just stuck out in my head. The wide open mouth of the Hulk screaming. You could do you green on the rest of the mask and yep. put a little speech bubble inside that just says smash. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's all about uh, who's got an interesting jawline, basically. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, no, I'm I'm really interested to see when people start going nuts with uh designs. And start getting to you know weird shit like your alien thing. Uh, we can do some. Uh, you can do some nice zombie masks and stuff for around Halloween. There you go. Because I'm pretty sure we're still going to be doing this. You know, probably well in the next year. Uh, unfortunately. Yep. Look, I'm in, I'm all on the the save Halloween bandwagon, right? If everyone just does their shit now, there's still a chance we can save Halloween. No. Shut no. up, Scott. No one asked you. <laughs> All right. Sure. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I'm just anxious to hear all of Doc's stories from next year when when uh, he goes back to school and you've got all the kids and teenagers back in school without having gone through the Petri dish that is this year's school year for sicknesses and stuff and everybody is susceptible to every strain of everything and people are going to be going down like hotcakes yep they already were before this came out we had uh i want to say 70 percent uh attendance right before we shut down school yeah at our school yeah going into next year's school year uh i'm i'm going to say you're going to be lucky to get uh 50% at the height of the cold and flu season well we're already prepared for the inevitable shutdown of schools because we have to have a return to learn plan for next year return to learn yep. i like it yep but that doesn't spell nerdy to you <laughs> good times also, when when did hotcakes become like the barometer for how popular something is? Because I haven't seen anyone selling hotcakes in a long time. It's like greatest thing since sliced bread. Like, have we really not come up with anything cooler than sliced bread since then? Like, I feel like it's a bit an- 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 anachronistic. That's not a word, is it? Anachronistic. There we go. Anachronistic, yeah. Words are hard. <laughs> That's why I teach math. And you teach it very well. You've taught me quite a few things over the years, sir. Well, thank you. You haven't taught me anything. I've known you since fifth grade. (laughs) You need to ask him more questions. I ask him Mm, questions all the time. Scott, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. I mean, literally, I'll I'll text him in the middle of the day. Statistics question for you. How do I calculate (laughs) this? And once again, putting the nerd in nerdy. That's why yep. we have you guys. Uh, any other mask ideas uh, jumping out at anybody before we move on? Not really. Cool. Uh, <laughs> then let us know what idea did we overlook? Uh, what is the next big hot item for masks? Is it just a mask of a hot cake? What the fuck is a hot cake? Text me that answer. Uh, we're going to move on to our main <laughs> topic today. Um, anyone who is familiar with the show Community, uh, has heard the phrase, the darkest timeline. 
uh, was an ongoing joke for the show for years. Uh, Abed, one of the characters, is an uber nerd uh, and loves science fiction and is constantly, uh, every time something bad happens, wondering if he somehow found himself in the darkest timeline. Uh, that being in a world of infinite parallel realities, is he somehow in the darkest version possible? Uh, and a lot of people have been making that joke right now because pandemic. So, with that on the back burner, I thought it might be fun for us to take a look at some of, I'm not going to say the best, but some of our favorite dark alternate timelines from movies, TV, comic books, video games, what have you. Uh, basically just jumping into, maybe we're not in the darkest timeline, but what are some of the darkest timelines we could get into? So with that said, our first one, and this is one me and Scott both had on our lists, uh, but at different points within this dark timeline. So we're going to dive into it because I don't think you can talk dark timelines without getting into this one, because I think it, it may not be the very first, but as far as pop culture goes, it is the ground zero of dark alternate timelines. Uh, Join me now, please, as we take a trek to the stars to discover the dark mirror universe from Star Trek. Uh, And Scott will correct me when I'm wrong, I'm sure, but uh, I was introduced in the Star Trek, the original series episode, Mirror Mirror, in season one of the show? Season two, episode four. See, there you go. That's why we have you, Scott. Uh, who needs Travis when I have you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, this is... Uh, and what I love about this, uh, um, lots of shows, especially science fiction shows, have done the whole thing of an alternate timeline where things are dark and good guys are bad guys and you know vice versa and whatnot. Um, I think this episode, Mirror Mirror, man, again, may not have been the first ever alternate timeline story. I'm sure it wasn't, but... So many of the tropes and cliches we now associate with these kind of stories stem from this. Case in point, in the, the Mirror Mirror episode, and I won't spoil all of it, but uh, Kirk, through a transporter accident, finds himself in a completely different reality. Uh, a, a different timeline, where events of the world history have played out differently, and, and the Kirk from that universe finds himself in the Trek world we know and love. They, they swapped. Um, in that the alternate universe uh, the the Federation doesn't exist it's the Terran Empire they're yep. a very aggressive warlike people uh, rather than going out and making peace with uh, um, all the alien species they meet they, they conquer them and wage war on them uh, and the, the defining characteristic of the, the evil version of yourself to denote who's evil and who's good his facial yes. hair. This is the, as far as I can backtrack, this is the origin of the your evil doppelganger has a beard or a goatee uh, trope and cliche from storytelling. Um, so, I mean, what better place to start than right there? Well, uh, you know, I mean, the Mirror Mirror universe does use a lot of tropes, but like you said, I think it could be, at least in modern times, where a lot of these tropes come from. Because we are talking about uh 1967 i believe um for when this show aired so it's it's very 60s in its execution but one thing that i like is is that it it is not it's an alternate timeline yes but it's not an alternate timeline or a parallel reality that is just because events played out different but 
they fundamentally altered the nature of humanity. Uh, they, they, they just flopped the coin on humanity instead of being explorers and, 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 you know, all the, the nice happy aspects of humanity. They're all dark now. So you, you've got all the, the, the primalistic natures, they're conquerors, they're, they're, they're very violent. Uh, and it's, it's because of that, the flip in the nature of humanity is why we have such a divergent, uh, sequence of events, which is noted in the, uh, um, uh, the enterprise. Oh, I'll get there. Tie in episode. I'll get there. I know, but you hit the nail on the head. Like Star Trek is, is known for and defined by having an optimistic view of the future where humanity is peace loving and we want to explore and are genuinely altruistic. And what made that episode, I think so interesting is it's a great, what if, what if humanity was the opposite of that? What if instead of wanting to be befriend uh, all these you know alien species we meet and whatnot, we just wanted to conquer them and rule them. Uh, it is very much in the, in the 60s, a um, military industrial complex run amok kind of storyline of, of what if this is the way we keep going? Because that's all, you know, that's, that's the original series of Star Trek with all the, you know, goofy episodes of triples and whatnot. And, and you know, uh, um, all the goofiness inherent in the original series at its core, at it, it's, it's at its best when it's being great speculative fiction. And that episode, again, has some zaniness. It has the evil Kirk with the goatee, um, but it also has the interesting parallel of, of what if we have all this cool technology like Star Trek has, you know, transporters and phasers and starships, but we as humanity, other than getting better technology, don't evolve past where we are now. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting aspect of it. Um, uh, yeah. Actually, um, I'm pretty sure that in that episode, uh, Evil Kirk does not have a goatee. Spock does. Okay. Spock does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kirk does not have a goatee. My bad. Sorry. Uh, no, uh, no. Go watch it again. I'm going to quickly go uh, CGI in a goatee on Kirk. Can <laughs> we go to Sharpie talk, real quick? I need to go talk to the people that did Henry Cavill's. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Is it easier to put on or take off facial hair? <laughs> the hot topic question. So, when you when you talk about we're gonna, we're going to. Uh, you can't bring me on the topic of Trek without diving into Trek some, sorry. Oh, I know. Uh, so the mirror universe is, is easily a very fleshed out mirror universe. Um, it, it, you know how many episodes there have been to the mirror universe universe timeline throughout Trek? Was that a question? Yes. 14. Uh, is it 14? Uh, I don't think it's that many even. Uh, hold on. So there was one in the original series. Deep, Deep Space Nine had like three. Enterprise had a two-parter. And then and we had, oh God, like four of Discovery. So add those up and whatever you get. So 10? No. Well, close. You're, you're okay. very close. Okay. Uh, yeah. okay. Uh, it's actually 14. Oh, shit. Okay. Good yeah, job. So, so the original series, we have the Mirror Mirror episode. Next Generation does not touch it, of course. We don't right. have anything there. But Deep Space Nine, starting in season two, has a has an episode every season, with the exception of five. 
so you oh have, shit, I was uh, way off. Okay, yeah. So you have season two, season three, season four, uh, season six, and season seven. Um, so that that's uh, one, two, three, four. So that's five more episodes there. Uh, for six, then we bring up uh, the uh, uh, the two episodes um, from uh, Enterprise. So that's eight episodes, and then Discovery season one actually has. Uh, six whole episodes. So it, it's almost like it's, it's almost the second half of the first season of Discovery. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I remember that. The Mirror Universe. And one thing that upset me with that is, and I'm going to bring on some dis- Discovery spoilers here for anybody who has not seen Discovery. Uh, you might want to mute for a couple of minutes. Um, for some odd reason in Discovery, the Terrans from the Mirror Universe have they suffer from acute photosensitivity and this trait is not brought up in any other um mirror universe episode ever and it's a major plot point in discovery now call me a bad trekkie but i just thought that was a running joke at jj abrams because of the lens flares because his universe is so optimistic it's all bright and lens flary so therefore the opposite of that must be everything has to be dark because we don't like the light. I don't know. I don't. I, you got me on that one because I know that struck me as the writers were looking for a tell, and that's the dumb thing they came up with. Apparently, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I don't know where it comes. But one of the points that I was wanting to make, and, and this is something that a lot of people don't think about, is that when it comes to Star Trek, the Mirror Universe is not the only alternate timeline that we've seen in Trek. Okay. So when you think of Trek, of course, you think Mirror Mirror, but how many alternate timelines do you think have actually been shown in Trek? over the Through all years? of Trek? Through all of Trek. Oh, God. Um, 25. Can you think of any besides Mirror Mirror? Yeah. Well, what, what do you got? In uh, in TNG, um, I've only seen bits and parts of the the episode, but they they meet up with another version of the Enterprise that actually has three nacelles on it. Yes, uh, that's actually the last episode of the series, um, and that is um, uh, called uh, All Good Things. Uh, it was a two-hour episode. It was a feature-length long episode, and uh, it was actually better than the, the the first Next Generation movie that came out. <laughs> oddly enough, but yes, you are right that 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 is generally considered one of the alternate timelines because the stuff that you experience in the future, because that happens in the in in the future, because uh, Q is shifting Picard back and forth through time. But um, uh, I, I, none of that came to pass in 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 trek prime time Enterp- so so yes. enterprise has the whole temporal cold war thing and we see a few potential future realities uh, i think we only actually see one alternate reality that's the one well, doesn't that one get altered like in real time in front of archer it does it does okay but, but we do see the alternate timeline of where um um when Daniels takes him to the future and everything is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that would, yeah, exactly. So that, that that's another one. So it doesn't you, even 
first contact deal with kind of alternate timelines because the whole planet yeah. is the Borg are going back to stop things from happening. The whole planet is the Borg, yes. So that that takes us up to including Mirror Mirror. That that now takes us to uh, one, two, three, four, four different timelines. Okay, anything else? Would you consider just... that Abrams verse a different timeline? It is. Uh, well, I would consider the Kelvin timeline a different yeah. timeline. Uh, as far as Abrams verse versus Roddenberry verse, which is uh, basically a debate over what is produced under what licensing agreement, I'm going to stay out of the licensing agreement for now. Yeah. Yeah. We did a whole episode on that. Go look it up because we'll be here for two hours trying to explain that shit again. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're not going to differentiate Abrams verse versus Roddenberry verse, but for the purpose of this yes the kelvin timeline would be uh an, an alternate timeline so that's five we're up to five different timelines for trick anything else let's skip on down the road how many is it scott <laughs> so for ones that have been shown on screen as far as you know it actually had a storyline developed to it you've pretty much hit them all okay. with the exception of yesterday's enterprise um which uh, was Next Generation Season 3, Episode 15, where the Enterprise-C comes to the future. Um, and uh, it creates an alternate timeline in which uh, the Federation is at war with the Klingons and losing said war. So that brings us up to six, uh, including Mirror Mirror. But then there's a, there's, a, there's a very good episode. If you've never seen it, you should go watch it. Uh, from Season 7, um, uh, Season 7, Episode 11, called Parallels. Uh, and a lot of people forget about this when they're talking about alternate timelines for Trek. And it actually shows us that Trek subscribes to the multiverse, uh, theory that for every possible decision, there is an alternate timeline because Worf, uh, is on his way back from a Batleth tournament and he, he accidentally travels through and, and busts open, uh, a quantum fissure which uh, puts his quantum state into flux and he starts jumping timelines through the course of the episode. He actually jumps into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different universes. And we're talking universes so subtle that the only change is there was a surprise birthday party thrown for him or not. The cake was chocolate or yellow, these small differences, but all the way up mm -hmm. to like the last one, uh, the Bajorans are a warlike race because they overthrew the Cardassians and then they, they've gone to war with the Federation. Um, and when they go back to the quantum fissure to try and close it, because they finally figured out what's going on with Worf, uh, the Bajoran attack fractures it even further. And you have all these different enterprises just start popping into the sector uh, at, at such an exponential rate that... Um, uh, Data estimates that the entire sector will be filled with enterprises within three days. And uh, Lieutenant Crusher, because uh, Will Wheaton came back as a guest star for this episode, uh, receives 280,000 different hails. And when he scans the quantum fissure, um, he's able to differentiate over 10 million different quantum realities. Wow. So, so when you're I mean, that's cool at all, but... Doctor Strange went through 14,605 just by himself. So suck well, it, Will Wheaton. Know, 
you know, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to compare Will Wheaton to Doc Strange, you know, although I am. Suck it, Will Wheaton. You know, <laughs> you also, know, if you'd ever like to come on the show, we'd love to have you. Although, you know, <laughs> Wesley did go traveling to higher planes of dimensions with the traveler, which I think is really cool, and he didn't have to use any semantic hand gestures to do it. Just saying. Yeah, so did Daniel Jackson and he came back a season later, so Well, that's only because Daniel Shanks can't actually act and he didn't realize that for a long time. Um How dare you besmirch Michael Shanks? <laughs> No, he's great as Daniel Jackson. Just you put him in any other role. <laughs> um, uh, he was great as Hawkman on Smellville. Shut your mouth. I'll have to take your word for it. I don't actually remember. <laughs> That's fair. It was late. Um, no, so the Dark Mirror Universe is, it, again, it may not be the very first ever uh, alternate timeline, Dark Universe, whatever we're going to call it, type story. But for all, all, all intents and purposes for, for popular culture, it kind of is ground zero. That's what we had to hit on and had to talk about it. Um, my favorite of all these, uh, first of all, the dark, the, the, the dark mirror, mirror universe it's completely saved season one of discovery, my opinion. Um, cause that's when the show finally got good. Uh, but my personal favorite dark mirror universe, uh, is storyline is on enterprise, specifically the opening of that first episode. Cause it revisits my favorite star Trek movie, which is first contact. Um, you see, the end of first contact with Zephram Cochran uh, just made his warp flight, and then the Vulcans land, and it's all very familiar. Oh, hey, we know this. It's it's where humanity first made contact with an alien race. It's the the very first you know birth moment of eventually the Federation. Cool. Uh, and the, the Vulcans land. They get out. They approach a group of humans. They raise their uh, you know, the the symbol, uh, live long and prosper. And we know from seeing the movie what's supposed to happen is they reach their hand out to shake hands. What happens in this episode is instead of reaching their hand out, they throw up in their jacket, pull out a gun and blow it out, uh, blow away the Vulcans. And yeah, right it, from it that, a, it's, I think it's, it's a jo- spaz 12, uh, pump yeah. action shotgun or something like that, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, from right from that, we launch into an, a completely different alternate opening credits sequence for the show. If it was, was all about, the Terran Empire, uh, which I laid the logo is different. It, it's great. It's it's a beautiful setup uh, for the episode to follow. The storyline is very much, and there have been complaints about it. It's, it's more of an original series episode than it is a, an Enterprise episode. Yep. Whatever you can argue that. Uh, I just love seeing um, different versions of uniforms and evil versions of all the characters. Um, that's my personal favorite. Just that opening alone is just like, it hooks you in. Uh, if you know anything about track, you're just like, Whoa, wait, what just happened? And then the credits start. And you're like, what? Um, it's a great start to a, to an episode. So Cox, I know you have a different favorite mirror universe storyline. So my favorite mirror universe storyline is the last one, the season seven episode from deep space nine. Um, it's called the emperor's new cloak. And, uh, so, of course, this takes place uh, a century or so after Kirk's era. Uh, and because of the, the Kirk incursion, um, the Terran Empire uh, was, I don't know if you say taken over by, but heavily influenced by uh, Spock. And they, they tried to, to abandon their, their conqueror ways, and Spock tried to usher in a new era of peace. Uh, and it doesn't work. Because um, uh, 
the Terrans had basically for you know two centuries pissed off the entire rest of the galaxy, and so they conquered them uh, and and enslaved humans. Uh, so you've got this alliance of of people, um, and the emperor of this alliance is none other than Worf, and you see him in other episodes, but in this one, uh, Grand Nagus Zek of the Ferengi Alliance travels to the mirror universe looking for some profit and business deals and he becomes captured by Worf. And so Quark and uh, Nog and Rom and, and, and I think Brunt's in there with them and all that. They, they have to travel to the mirror universe to rescue the Grand Nagus. And it's a Ferengi episode going into the mirror universe. And I love it. I love the Ferengi episodes from Deep Space Nine. They did a great job with species. So yeah, that's my favorite one. Doc, do you have a favorite Mirror Universe story? I do not. I never really got into the Star Trek TV shows as heavily as you guys. Sorry. Oh, um, this, this is something you must rectify. Yeah, you I just know. told us you had nothing to do all day, so Scott's right. going to send you a watch list. Well, you know, I and I knew this was our topic, and I tried really hard to come up with something. Mm. And what I fell on was probably what I would consider my newest favorite cartoon, uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is a great cartoon. And what I, what I came up with was they did it to themselves. So it's not really a dark timeline to begin with because Rick and Morty did it. Mm-hmm. But they do revisit it in later seasons, and that would be the Cronenberg universe. Yes. Yes. Where <laughs> everything was Cronenberged by Rick and Morty, and yep. then they replaced a Rick and Morty from a different universe because that Rick and Morty blew themselves up in the garage. And later on, when I think Rick surrenders himself, and then um, Morty. And I can't think of his sister's name right now. Summer. Summer. Go back. And he takes Summer to show Summer this other universe. And it's just crazy because they're hunting and killing all the Cronenberg creatures and living off of that. It's, it's, I love that. that When they go back to the original, the prime timeline, when they go back there, um, don't they find out that, uh, Pay the 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 summer and the the mom and dad from that timeline are still alive, right? And they're, they're yes. still they're still there. They've become like these hardcore, like you said, hunters and stuff. Yes, Jerry is like buffed out, wearing like a Rambo type headband, and they end up breaking the portal gun, and so they have to figure out a different way to get back from the Cronenberg universe to where they need to go. And I think it ends up, um, the Citadel of Ricks ends up showing up. Mm-hmm. But that's. No, it's and, a good one. And Julian will be very happy you're representing Rick and Morty. So. so I, they, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say Rick and Morty, they travel to so many different universes and there's so many different timelines that they, I just really enjoy that show and all the things that they do. And how they travel through it all, and you can see all these kind of different things. Well, see, so I'm going to riff off of this real quick, and and and, and stay on Rick and Morty because Rick and Morty has one of my favorite sci-fi 
episodes of all time from just about anything. Um, and, and it's also an alternate universe uh, timeline, alternate timeline. Um, not timeline, alternate universe, sorry. Uh, storyline, which is the, the first episode of season two. It's my favorite one. It's a Rickle in time. <laughs> and so Rick is, is there. They've restarted time uh, from the, 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 uh, the cliffhanger from season one. And it throws them into a, a quantum uncertainty state. So it, 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 it basically comes off of the, um, uh, the, the uncertainty principle, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, uh, mm-hmm. which states, you know, that you can know the speed or location of a subatomic particle um, in any given state, but not both because, uh, the, the, the energy necessary to observe one changes the other. And so you, you have, it starts out with it's split screens, you know, and, and you're watching two different versions because Rick is the same, but like summer and, uh, uh, Rick, I'm sorry, Morty Morty. are on opposite sides because they're just a little different. And then it splits from two to four and then four to 16 and then 16 to 32. And for, for a good part of the episode, if you'll watch it and I really watch it in every frame, Rick is always the same. He's doing the same thing at the exact same time, but um, Morty and summer are all over the place because you know, it's divergent timelines and everything. But, but Rick is so focused on what he knows he has to do and his information that his actions based off of what is relatively the same information never changes all the way up until the very end. And then there's, there's one, one timeline where one Rick does one thing different and then all health breaks loose for the, for the, the, the third act of the story. But uh, that is one of my favorite stories of all time. I love that story. That is a great episode. I do love that episode. It's just, that that show just makes me laugh, but it's also very smart for what it is. It is. It's yeah, very the sci-fi smart. is solid on that show. Like, I mean, it, it's it's jokey and it's it's you know they they play it for laughs, but the sci-fi is legit. It is. The science is very legit behind that show. Isn't it uh, season one where the uh, the dogs take over the uh, the world? Yep. Where yep. are my balls, Summer? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, no, great pick. And again, Julie will be very happy you represented Rick and Morty on the show. So, Scott, what else you got? Uh, well, I mean, there's there's been so much uh stuff that that uh has alternate timelines and alternate realities. And personally, uh, while I haven't watched it in a very long time, and unfortunately, it did jump the shark way before its time. Uh, we can't do an alternate timeline show without talking about the TV show Sliders. I mean, you can't. True. That's the entire prep- premise of that show. Is that yep. just jumping from reality to reality, you know, trying to get home uh, and, and everything. So uh, I don't, I don't know. Now I don't know which one, because like I said, I haven't watched it in so long. I don't know which one of those realities would be my favorite. I know I was not a fan of the Cro-Mag storyline, because I think that's when they kind of started jumping the shark a little bit, but uh, it was leading down a very bad rabbit hole. But just when it was 
this reality of the week. I thought I thought it was somewhat entertaining and everything. So, and of course, you know, like the first the first episode that they the first reality that that they get jumped into is you know. Uh, Kennedy is still alive and married to Marilyn Monroe and Elvis is still alive. And, and, uh, uh, Nixon is on the, the, the 1960s era half dollar. So I don't so, know if you all ever watched that show or not. I Briefly. never have seen it. You I never have seen it. Wow. Episodes. It was a little too advanced for me at the time. I was more into like space above and beyond. Uh, but no, uh, again, you, you said you, you couldn't talk about this topic and not bring that show up. So good job. Uh, I was trying to think along the same premise of, of is there something out there that that really deals with the multiverse? And uh, of course, I thought of because it's in my wheelhouse, CW Flash, uh, starting with season two, hmm. began exploring and introduced the entire concept of the multiverse into the Arrowverse on CW. Which is just just like we said earlier. So the the multiverse idea is for every decision you ever make, there's a universe where you made the opposite decision. So there is an infinite number of uh, constantly generating parallel realities to our own. Some of them, the differences could be as subtle as again, Worf's cake being chocolate or being white. That that could be the only difference between those entire two universes. Others could be drastically different. Uh, and this is something that DC in particular loves to play with. And uh, Flash brought in in season two, and every season since then has has done something with this. Um, but that got me thinking too. Okay, well, what is the coolest alternate universe, uh, multiverse storyline that we've gotten from that? And it's not just the best multiverse storyline. I think it's the best crossover CW's ever done, including their big giant one this past year. Uh, that is Crisis on Earth X. Earth X is the multiverse that doesn't get a number. Because no one's ever supposed to go to it because it's that evil. What happened? You say, well, the Nazis won World War II to start with. So most of our heroes are now evil doppelganger versions of them, their previous selves. And in this particular episode, it's ruled by Reverse Flash, um, a, a Nazi bad guy, Green Arrow, and a Nazi bad guy, Supergirl. Uh, and they come to our reality for reasons and duke it out with our heroes. It's a really, really fun, uh, I think it's three or four part episode. Um, great storyline. Um, but that got me thinking, well, there's a ton of stories out there that start with, and the Nazis won World War II, and then, you know, insert storyline here. So I'm going to, I'm going to make Koran happy. Uh, the best, the Nazis won World War II, and then dark realities. Wolfenstein, specifically Wolfenstein: The New Order, which came out oh god, like four or five years ago. It is not only a great first-person shooter, but it is one of those really, really fun alternate reality things. Where so it starts out just like you expect a Wolfenstein game with World War II, but kind of a sci-fi-up version of World War II. You're raiding this giant Nazi advanced science compound. Shit goes down, you end up in a coma, you wake up in the 1960s of what the world is like if Nazi super science won the war. So it's not only, yeah, not only is it the Nazi super science uh, uh, alternate World War II, it's 20 years on from that. Uh, you as BJ Blaskowitz open up from your awaken from your coma to, to find the world taken over by 
advanced Nazi science, and of course, leader ragtag resistance to stop it because that's the storyline. Just go with a uh, really, really fun game, but the story again, it's it's not a story driven game, but the story elements you get are fun. The world they create is uh, very richly detailed and thought out. Um, so oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, I played uh, I played Wolfenstein 3D back in the game <laughs> when it when it came out. And Good it was game, very fun, and I was very surprised to see Wolfenstein 3D show up in scenes in uh, the the classic Sandra Bullock movie The Net um, in in the 90s. And I played. <laughs> Let's watch that. <laughs> and uh, I, I played the. Um, there was a sequel. I think it was the direct sequel to Wolfenstein 3D, but I can't remember what that was called in the early 2000s. I don't remember what that one was called. Was that Return to Castle Wolfenstein? It may be Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. I don't even remember what the storyline was for that game. All I remember is the first-person shooter, and I had to shoot anybody with a swastika. Yeah, um, it was basically it's basically all I remember, but I never played uh, the one where you jump to the 1960s. That sounds very interesting. I will loan it to you again. All story plot elements aside, mechanically, it's a very fun first person shooter. What but uh, what platform is it on? Uh, I've got it for PS4. I'll loan oh, it to okay, you. cool, cool. She might be on sale right now in the store. I haven't checked, but. Yeah, it was great. It spawned several sequels. Uh, that was New Order. There was Old Blood, New Colossus, and then I forget what the newest one is that people don't like. Um, but yeah, no, great, uh, great series of games. Uh, and again, it's a very common sort of jumping off point for dark realities is, okay, if the, the Nazis won World War II, and then blah, 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 and then you end up at, you know, your reality. Uh, but Wolfenstein did that in a really fun way. Um, there, I mean, there, there's, there's storylines where Red Skull gets the cosmic cube and Cap wakes up in a world where you know the Red Skull rules and the you know, it starts, you know, it's it, it's kind of a common trope, but it is, it is. Uh, in fact, I think it's kind of what the entire series. I need to go finish this. Uh, Man in the High Castle is kind of built around, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've watched a few episodes of that, and uh, um. I looked up the source material, but I don't mm-hmm. know. The show just never pulled me in like it did pretty much everybody else, apparently. I watched, I think, all of season one of that show and meant intended to watch the rest because my buddy Don Bacon says it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I just it, it, it never quite hooked me in that much. But uh, I believe that's the central premise of that is um, it's the Nazis won World War Two, but people have evidence that they didn't. So they may be in an alternate timeline or, or, you know, there's evidence of an alternate timeline. Yeah. It, I never yeah. really followed it long enough to see how that all played out. But yeah. Uh, I've got, uh, who, who's up? Who are we at? Well, I lost my spot. Yeah. I just gonna, you, you know, I was, I was doing my best to come up with dark realities and mm-hmm. I, I was really struggling. So then I started thinking, okay, what are some things that just are alternate realities that I really enjoyed? And I'm going to stick with the cartoon theme here. Okay. And switch to what I consider an underrated cartoon that is, it was canceled, then came back. And then I think it got canceled again. Uh, But Futurama (laughs) universe one universe a episode 
where Professor Farnsworth creates alternate universes in boxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the universe that we are in, they call themselves Universe One, and the universe that they are looking in, this uh, they kind of team up with, call themselves Universe A, because neither one wanted to yield that they were the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was thinking about all the different things that you see throughout that episode. And one of my favorite scenes is where they pop into one universe and they say, have you seen so-and-so? And And they turn around and go, we didn't see anything because they don't have eyes. (laughs) Yeah. That, that sounds strange, but it sounds right up like, you know, Futurama's alley. My favorite part of that is how they, they fix the solution. Uh, Their solution to the problem at the end is the string in the box. Yep. Yeah. Jumping into everybody else's boxes because they're all spilled all over the floor. Yep. I've only seen like a a few episodes of Futurama, Um, like a handful here and there. I've never actually sat down and watched it. So I've never actually seen this episode, but it's a good show. It yeah you gotta you kind of gotta get into it and you just kind of have to shut your brain off to watch it sometimes, um, but I enjoy the comedy in it especially that episode because Bender who's my favorite character <laughs> is he flipped a coin and that's the premise of the difference between Universe One and Universe A is they flip a coin and every time they flipped the coin where it would come up tails the other would come up heads and so. Bender goes with gold plating in one of the universes, and it's hilarious because you see him in gold the whole time. Mm-hmm. It just cracks me up. It was no, that's a great episode. Yeah, it, it's something I need to jump into and, and just just get it over with and just just power through them. Yeah, I mean that's another show when it's when it's on. Um, some really really great episodes, some surprisingly heartfelt episodes too. Oh, Jurassic Bark. Oh God! Don't talk about that. <laughs> well, they you had. Want, you ever want to make Koran cry? You bring that up. <laughs> well, I have seen. Uh, I have seen, and and they they had one of the best uh, Star Trek jokes in season one ever was in the uh, the the, the, the was it the, the the poplars episode where they had mm-hmm. the, little, the little deep fried aliens that they're, mm-hmm. they're eating. Yeah. Um, because uh, they're looking for food at the beginning of it, and they land on this planet, and uh, Leela says, well, it's Class M, so they should at least have Roddenberries. And I lost it, because that is an awesome Trek joke. It's like one of the best Trek jokes I've ever heard. There's a few episodes that we were right up your alley then, Scott. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I know I know they find the, the cast as heads at one point, because I have seen that episode. There are some episodes that are just all... Trek love. Yep. Yep. Isn't there one where there's a, a being on another planet who literally kidnaps the entire cast of, I think it's the original series, uh, and brings them to his planet to make new episodes? Yes. 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 That yeah. one I've seen. Okay. Uh, good pick, man. With, uh, and it's Welshy instead of Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> Welshy. The shitting. <laughs> you want to get sued? <laughs> uh another common trend so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in another one i had on my list um and this is another common jumping off point so dc again loves to play with the multiverse 
and there's a lot of and there's an entire else worlds line of, of stories that are uh the characters you know but in different ways uh, and one of the common jumping off points for different universes there is what i call the evil superman storylines um there oh, yeah. are a dime a dozen these days uh, but when they're done well, they can be really, really good. Uh, Red Sun is an example. I wouldn't necessarily call him evil Superman, but different morality Superman. Yeah. Uh, but one that is full-on evil Superman that is surprisingly good, not only because it's yet another evil Superman storyline, but because this comic started life as a video game tie-in comic book, which should automatically red flag that, oh, this is going to be crap because it is spit it out to tie into a video game. However, it ended up going multiple volumes across multiple years. It's a great storyline. Talking about Injustice from DC. Uh, the basic storyline sets up... Uh, flip page for notes. Okay, so the basic premise, Superman is tricked into killing a pregnant Lois Lane by the Joker, who uses, I think it's fear toxin from uh, Scarecrow to trick him into thinking Lois Lane is Doomsday. I'm not spoiling anything. This is literally the first five pages of the first issue. Um, so this snaps Superman. He violently kills the Joker. And from that point on, basically establishes slowly a dictatorship across the entire planet. Uh, of course, some of the heroes duh, side with him and that, no, it's time we should take more control over the planet. There are still atrocities happening that were too polite to fix because of political lines and we should just take over the world because uh, we know what's better for him. There are obviously some heroes who don't side with that. And the storyline is that conflict. Uh, it draws some really weird uh, lines in the sand. And I mean that in a good way. Um, Superman and Black Adam partnering up never thought i'd see that bruce wayne and lex luther becoming buddies because finally you know luther uh finally the world to superman as i always have let me help you uh some really interesting stuff there and again the genius of it is it's an alternate reality so they can do whatever they want with these characters and not worry about setting everything back to the status quo later on down the line um it also introduces the idea of of why is it that like Black Canary can fight Superman and not have her head punched off in one swing. Uh, they go into that. There's an explanation for that. Uh, it's actually um, spoiler Green Arrow's dying act, but uh, it's a great book. I think I've got the first three years. I want to say it went on for five years, and then the second game came out, and they launched a line of comics for the second game. I'm not sure if that's the same timeline or a slightly different timeline, but anyway, Injustice from DC. One of the best evil Superman storylines, um, full of your favorite characters from the DC universe. Check it out. Yeah, I read. Uh, I've got I've got year one and year two, and uh, those those were really good books. Uh, I'm not big on fighting games, so I never really played Injustice. I played Injustice two a little bit, um, um, but I'm when it comes to fighting games, I'm a button masher. I don't I don't learn <laughs> combos. Fair. I don't, I, I got nothing. So, uh, so I never really got into the games, but, uh, I, I read, I picked up, I don't even remember why I picked it up, but I picked up year one compilation and I read that. And I was like, holy shit, this is actually a good, good story. So really I good year two. And I, I, I never got around to getting, uh, getting the rest of them after that, but, uh, I need to, cause they were really good. 
I know I'm missing at least the final year because I think year five was in three volumes. But uh, no, yeah, it's alone. It's a good story. But the fact that it's a video game tie-in comic book, it's like again, I'm going to steal Koran's line. It is better than it had any right to be because uh, those are usually pretty crappy, like you know, media tie-in books where they don't really put a lot of effort into them. But they really that is one of the better Elseworlds storylines out there. Hey. Coxie, think we're on you. Well, um uh I've got uh I've got a couple more of, of things that, that I really like. Um this one I'm I'm not sure if if you could consider it and I'm I'm a little in the dock on this one is I, I went a little more towards just pretty much anything with with what you could consider parallel realities uh or, or anything uh instead of dark realities. But um, um, one show that I really love, and I've watched it several times, it's very 90s now, but I, st- I still think it somewhat holds up, um, was, uh, um, and I wish they would do a remake of this, um, there's a TV show called Seven Days. Yes. I don't know if, I don't know if you all watched that or not. It only went two seasons, maybe, or a season and a half, something like that. But the premise was um, this government agency had recovered uh, a a pod from the Roswell crash uh, in the 50s and had spent the intervening time, of course, studying it, reverse engineering it and finding out what makes it work and take and all that good stuff. And so the pod has the capability to send uh, a single person, the pilot, back in time seven days. Um, and it's called, it's called operation backstep. Uh, and it, it's got some really good characters. Like I said, it's very nineties, very nineties. Um, but the thing that drew me to this was, was twofold. One, I like anything with an actual government operation to where you actually have, you know, like operational, uh, protocols mm-hmm. that, that, that have to be followed and not just, you know, the hero is doing whatever comes into their head at the time. Because you're a nerd. Because yeah. I'm a nerd. Uh, <laughs> I'll agree to that. So it was funny because, you know, when uh, when they make the the uh, um, decision to backstep, uh, Parker, that's the name of the pilot, he's given all the pertinent information. He goes into the pod and he does his thing. And when he comes out of it, so the, the 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 stresses on the pilot when he comes out, he's bleeding from his ears, eyes, and nose because of the, the compression and and the the stress of trash traveling traveling through time. It's not it's not safe. It's not you know not, not hunky dory. It's 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 very in, in endurance trial, and um, uh, so he immediately calls a number. That, that they have, which connects him to the operator at the mountain, because it's always an underground mountain complex for all these things in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the operator comes on, and he gives the code word conundrum, uh, which tells them, because keep in mind, it's seven days earlier. Whatever has happened, it caused a backstep, hasn't happened yet, so they don't know anything about it. And so when they hear conundrum, of course, they know you know, something's going on. They immediately go retrieve him. He briefs everybody. And then you've got the rest of the episode. them trying to, trying to stop what happened. Um, 
and uh, the the first episode, the pilot, they weren't ready to actually go to phase, but there's a disaster that they decide they need to. And uh, so when he lands, you know, the operator answers the phone. He says conundrum, and she just she just stops and she goes, "Oh my lord," because <laughs> this never happened before. And, and it's not supposed to happen. This was completely un, unfounded. Um, but the second thing that drew me to this series was, if you look at if you look at at any time travel show, movie, whatever, we'll, we'll just go with Back to the Future because it's the one everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, when something is displaced in time, it's it's instantaneous. You know from from where it is physically in space, you know, like where it's physically at in space, it just, you know what I mean? There's no displacement in space. It's just wherever it disappeared. That's the exact yeah, it's like spot. The, yeah. The time machine. Yeah. yeah uh, exactly. She wells. Yeah. You don't move exactly. anywhere physically. You just go through time. Yeah, exactly. Well, nothing ever takes into account the movement of the planet through space. You know, if you literally just displace yourself in time two years, you're going to wind up in deep space because there's not a planet here yet at at that time. And uh, this show actually took that into account because when Parker goes back in time from everybody, well, from his perspective, what's going on is the the pod shoots up into orbit and then comes back down on the planet. And, and, And that's not exactly what's happening. Parker has to pilot the vessel and he has a, a coordinate system that he's looking at to, to a target set of coordinates. So what he's actually doing is he's piloting it in um, uh, a, a, para, a parabolic arc through space and time to arrive on the planet where the planet was. Smart. Not where the planet is. So from his perspective, he just shoots straight up and straight back down. But because the planet's moving and everything else is rewinding, he's actually he's actually shooting an arc. And I'm like, holy shit, that's just all inspiring. That's like one of the best things mm-hmm. ever. And this is the only show that I'm aware of or the only anything that I'm aware of that's ever done it. And I applaud them 100% for that effort. So, But yeah, every episode is a parallel reality. So Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's something I think, like I said, needs to be redone. It's a solid premise. You never know. They so turned Time Cop into a TV show. So there's hope for anything. <laughs> oh. We're not going to go there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't it's, have time to go there. Let's not go there. Jason, you got any others? I do. And, you know, being the doc, the obvious go-to would be a nod to Back to the Future 2. But I'm not going to go there. Okay. Instead, I dug really deep and I thought to myself, what really constitutes an alternate reality? Because reality, after all, is what you make it. And maybe you don't know that the reality that you're in is not an actual reality. So what I came up with was the 13th floor. I'm not familiar with this at all. Yeah, you have to educate us on this one. Okay, so it is a movie, all right? It came out in the 90s, 
And what it's about is uh, there's a developer, a software developer, and what he does is he comes up with a simulation. And this simulation is so realistic that you can actually put yourself into the simulation. So think The Matrix before The Matrix existed as the movie The Matrix. Okay. But you can, so it's like playing first person, uh, kind of like, kind of like Ready Player One, where okay. you can you can join in this simulation. And so what he does is he creates a perfect recreation of 1930s Los Angeles, with all sorts of characters. And when you jump in to the simulation, you actually go become the person that you created in the simulation. And you live their life, you do the things that they were doing, uh, but all of these characters have their own uh, identities and personalities and thoughts, and they actually, so through the course of the movie, he finds out that these people in the 1930s don't know that they're not real people, that it's just a simulation. So so do the, do, do the, uh, do the simulated characters become sentient? They they already are sentient. They don't know it. They don't know that they're not in an actual reality. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, so what do they do when they find out they're in a simulation? Can, can they find out? Yes. So the the big the big plot is that the this software developer is going through blackouts. And when he's blacked out, he doesn't remember what he does. And through the course of storytelling in the movie, we find out that one of the 1930s simulations figured out that he is a simulation and he started killing people. And when you kill somebody in the simulation, you actually jump up a level into that next reality. Okay. So... He ends up, he's a bartender in the 1930s, but he gets logged into from the guy from the 1990s, and he actually ends up taking all of that personality and coming out into the 1990s, and then he's in that world in the 1990s, but the biggest plot twist of all is that where they're living in the 90s is a simulation for the future. So they've actually created a simulation within a simulation. So the programmer himself is a simulation. Yes. I see. It's, it is a crazy, it's like a, it's like a giant nesting Russian dolls movie that the whole time you're trying to figure out what's going on. And at the end, you're like, okay, well, if so, we're gonna get trippy with it, has anyone ever seen the movie Dark World? Oh yeah, love Dark World. I yeah, have not. With, uh, imagine something. the ma- Imagine the Matrix if it was more sci-fi horror than sci-fi action. Um, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of starts as a murder mystery. Guy wakes up in an apartment, doesn't remember who he is, how we got there. There's a dead woman in the room. Um, goes out on the run trying to figure out what the hell's going on and uh, weird things are happening all around the city um, 
again, I don't want to say too much without spoiling it, but it definitely dives into the how do you know what your own reality is? Uh, yeah. How do you know your own identity? Uh, if I take away all your memories, are you still you? You know, that kind of stuff. Definitely give it a watch. It's fantastic. Uh, if you like The Matrix, especially give it a watch. It came out like a year or two before The Matrix did. Um, but yeah, it's got um, oh, Rufus Sewell is the main character. And um, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, I can't, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland is in it. Yeah. What is the name? Of the, I always forget his name. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Uh, William Hurt. Got William Hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Great cast. Uh, really interesting premise. But uh, yeah, and it it, it, it really gets uh, it really you know doesn't really get talked about. It kind of dropped off the radar pretty quick after it came out. Sadly, because it's fantastic. Definitely, it is. It's a great movie. Um, yeah i I just remember the I saw the Thirteenth Floor. I think I saw it in theaters with my dad. Uh so very very crazy movie. Yeah. So Doc, you're not going to like this. Uh, uh-oh. But uh, I've got two episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation you need to watch. Okay. <laughs> One is a season two episode called "Elementary, My Dear Data." <laughs> okay. Um, and I can't think of the title of the second episode right now. I think it's a fifth season episode, but I'll find it. So, uh, in the uh, in "Elementary, My Dear Data." Um, um, Jordy and Data go on the holodeck uh, to uh, partake of um, one of Data's pastimes, which is Sherlock Holmes. Okay, so I feel like I've seen this one. Yeah, so Data's playing Holmes. Jordy's playing uh, Doctor Watson, and Jordy gets a little upset with Data because he's got all the Holmes stories memorized. So yes, you know, so like as soon as something happens, Data knows exactly what story he's in, and blah 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 blah. So Jordy goes to the computer, and he instructs the computer to create a completely unique story in the Holmesian style, which I hate that term. Um, and create a villain with the capability to defeat data. Uh, and as a result, uh, it creates a version of professor Moriarty that becomes sentient. He knows yeah. he's a simulation yeah. and he has access to the computer because he needs all this information to defeat data. Uh, and it's actually the actor. And I, I don't know the actor's name, but it's the actor that plays the Butler from the nanny. Uh, and he does a really great job. I, I really would like to have seen him play um, Professor Moriarty in a, in a legit Holmes story. Um, but uh, so anyway, the, the story, of course, resolves eventually. Uh, flash forward to the the second episode, the where they pick back up with this, uh, and Moriarty comes back, um, and he traps Data and Picard on the holodeck but he programs it so when they leave the holodeck they're actually entering another holodeck program so it's a holodeck inside a holodeck uh and he's trying to get them to find a way for him to leave the holodeck um and uh at the end of it they they wind up tricking him by putting him into an an even another nested holodeck simulation so 
it's it almost sounds like the thirteenth floor. Somebody like was smoking weed or taking LSD and watched those episodes of Trek and went, "Dude, that could really happen!" And then wrote this story. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's, uh, yeah. Because uh, the I was I looked it up because I couldn't remember when it came out, but it came out in nineteen ninety nine. Yep, and um, it has some actual big names in it. it like Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. Yeah, I looked up its IMDb here. I, I, yeah, I'll definitely give that a watch. That looks good. It, it it's it's definitely a crazy movie, and I it just sticks with me because I remember watching it when I was younger and just going, "Whoa, what <laughs> happened?" <laughs> nice, Neo. Misses uh, with your head, dude. We'll go watch thirteen. You'll go watch Dark World. We'll compare notes next week. Yep. Uh, Sounds good. Any other lingering uh, alternate timeline stories anyone wants to mention and talk about before we wrap so, things up this week? So one thing that needs to be mentioned before we okay. wrap this up when it comes yeah. to alternate timelines, parallel universes, is a TV show that I really love. Went for five seasons, uh, The Fringe. Uh, yeah. Spoiler. That, yeah. That was a beautiful yeah, – spoiler. That was a beautiful series. It was a great story. Um and because of this topic, I actually started a rewatch of that today. I'm 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 now six episodes in. But yeah, when JJ uh, Abrams really cares about a show, man, is it good? Yeah, it's very. And then good. when he leaves after it gets going after a few seasons, man, does it go downhill quick? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, you know, a lot of series jump the shark. You know, but the very few series end when they should. Um. But uh, but no, Fringe, if you're talking, you know, parallel realities, alternate timelines uh, and stuff, Fringe is most definitely up there on something you need to watch if you've not seen it. Cause... Fringe is just a great science fiction series. Uh, it is. The, the, the term comes from Fringe Science. Yep. Uh, think X-Files if they're there. Instead of investigating X-Files, they're investigating crimes that involve advanced Fringe Science. Fringe Science, pseudoscience, yeah. whatever you want to call it, yeah. No, great series. Yeah, awesome series. And my last mention, if you like dark versions of your heroes, um, you got to check out the Shattered Grid storyline from Power Rangers uh, uh, Boom series comics. Um, basically, what if Tommy never stopped being evil? What if uh, he became even more evil if he became eviler, Tommy? Uh, <laughs> it's it's a alternate timeline where Tommy stays evil. He kills Rita takes her place as the emperor conquers the earth kills off several rangers and then figures out that there are parallel realities uh where there are other ranger groups so he starts reality hopping slaughtering rangers and stealing their power um it is maybe the darkest power ranger storyline i've ever read but man is it good it was done for the 25th anniversary of power rangers um so surprise surprise it features a giant cast of uh, our heroes trying to assemble a team to beat Lord Drakan, which is what he names himself, because uh, that's what you do when you become Emperor of the Earth. So you, you get these giant, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 Ranger battles sequences, cool splash pages. It's, uh, if you're a Power Rangers fan, tons of stuff you love. It's centered around the Mighty Morphin era team, though, so if you don't know a lot of other teams, you'll be able to follow the storyline pretty well. Uh, but it was really good, and it's still got repercussions uh, in the comics right now. We're still kind of cleaning up the timeline. You, you know what that 
Really fun. Sorry. Stuff. You know what that kind of reminds me of? Of him timeline hopping? Uh, the one. The one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Another underrated movie from the 90s. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. Uh, so the basic premise is Jet no. Lee. Hello? No, no. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I, I remember the stuff. I just, I just never okay. actually watched it yet. Fantastic movie. You got to check it out. Um, <laughs> I am you law. Sorry, I just... <laughs> nobody is. I am no one's bitch. You are mine. Oh, Jason I don't know why my jet lead Russian there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> In Soviet Russia, Lee is your jet. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm tapped out. Thanks. <laughs> so wrong. All right, so let us know what other cool alternate dark timelines did we leave out or not mention. Uh, what are your favorites? And with that, Scott, before we sign off, can we get one more entry into this week's contest? All right, everybody ready for this? That's all you get. If you can tell us with any kind of uh, accuracy what weapon it is Scott is playing with, this other than Julian's penis, uh, we'll send you a code for 30 days of free Shutter, uh, the coolest subscription network to have. And since we're all at home doing nothing, you should definitely give it a look. See, there's some great alternate story, uh, uh, history story uh, movies on there. Words are hard. I forgot what I'm saying now. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and not know what I'm saying and just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> thanks for being with us. Uh, Doc, thanks for joining us this week on short notice. Yep, no problem. Uh, look for more of the doc soon when he has time to properly prepare to be uh, on the show. Uh, but thank you for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. Um, that's it. See you next week. <laughs>